The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru. Now, you can find these guys on Twitter. Jack Wright is at JWrightBDR. Brennan Chagru is at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. You can find me on Twitter at BDR Dengel. And folks, we are thrilled about this one. We are joined from 670 Score, Cam Ellis. Cam, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing well. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, of course. I, um, I love talking with Bears fans, so I appreciate you guys having me on here. Absolutely. You can find Cam at Kingsley Ellis. Uh, you can find him on 670 The Score, and we are excited to talk about him. All right, guys. Do you know what this week is? It's the first week of March. And to me, that signifies the unofficial start of spring, at least, you know, where you think it's going to be spring and you can start feeling good again about getting out in the hopefully warmer weather. But that also means it's probably a good time to start looking for a house. If you you know want to think about moving, you've been cooped up all winter. And if you're thinking about doing that, you need to visit our guy, Geneva Jeff, Jeff Cadwalder. So make sure you visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff with at properties can help you. As a third generation realtor, Jeff knows that you need experience when it matters most and he provides lots of information and market insight without any pressure so you can help make an informed decision about your next real estate experience. All you need to do is visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more, or you can call or text him directly at 630-254-4734. Listeners, if you have never had an old school traditional haircut with the hot foam treatment and the straight razor, then you have not lived. You've got to go to Sheridan's. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years with five barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can ring them up at 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today. Hot foam, straight razor. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, so Cam, uh, just talk to us a little bit. You were with NBC Sports Chicago doing the Understander podcast with our good friend JJ, who's been on the show a couple times. Yep, yep. And uh, and now you're with Six Seven to Score. What's that that kind of transition been like for you? Um, it's been really easy. I, I, and um, I wish I had a better answer for you, but no, it was um, it was as fortunate as it possibly could have been. You know, I. Um, it is basically more or less the same job. Like I, I'm writing about the Bears. You know, I I am fortunate that at 670, I have a, have an inside foot on doing some radio hits. So luckily, I know a few people over there um, now. So it, it, I I enjoy sort of you know Lawrence has me on his show occasionally. You know, other people have me on their show. So that that's fun. But it is more or less sort of outside of you know not being on under sender it's sort of the same job you know it is sort of the day in day out bears coverage um i wasn't on the road this year that was more the big difference with nbc i was on the road with them uh, which i do miss like that was that was a lot of fun um but no you know like so many people had it way worse than i did and um you know I, i didn't have to worry about a family with two young kids and move out of town or, you know, whatever, like it might be. I, I was very fortunate that, 
um, things lined up, you know, I, for a very chaotic you, a couple months there, it, it ended up lining up pretty fortunately. So I, I, I am very lucky in that sense. Cam, when you were with NBC Sports Chicago and you got to go on the road, were there any like fun, memorable road trip memories or moments that, I don't know, maybe like, you know, just stick out to you from being on the beat there? Yeah, sure. So I was, um, I was fortunate in that being friends with JJ, like gets you basically wherever you want to go. Like, cause everyone was friends with JJ. So I didn't have to like necessarily earn the friendship of everyone else on the beats. Um, like I sort of just like Trojan horse my way in through JJ. Um, and so like a, a couple of times, you know, they would, they would take us all out to dinner and it would be like, you know, 15, 20 people. And there are some people there that like, you know, they make some good money. Like there were, there were people there that um, were much more fortunate and much more generous with their money than, than um, you would think like reporters would be because everyone knows like it's not, you don't get in for the money sort of thing. So yeah, there are times I'm like, you know, sort of veteran guys would take us all to dinner and, you know, there would be lots of wine bottles and very fancy views and stuff that I was like, I didn't know, like, you could do this as a beat reporter. Like I thought it was like, you know, McDonald's on the highway sort of thing, which a lot of times like it was uh, but, like, don't get me wrong. There were plenty of those, but yeah, there were, I remember being surprised at how like the beat dinners were like these very swanky affairs that like were at restaurants that I had no business otherwise going into. Um, it was, it was very fun in that sense. Like, there are some young parents, but the road trip, no one's a young parent. So like everyone gets to sort of let loose a little bit there. So that was, um, it was cool to see like beat reporters in another light that way. Brendan, I hope you didn't get too excited when you said McDonald's. We know Brendan, Cam, just so you know, Cam, yeah. uh, Brendan is the biggest McDonald's fan on the face of the planet. Was there ever a point, Cam, when, when you were like, I don't know, starstruck by maybe one of the players that you met or one of these big TV analysts or radio personalities or any, anything like that? Yeah, so not really, um, not to, not really analysts. Um, I, I find that media. I have a pretty good time staying. You know, it's all in context. They're, they, you know, they show up in their Honda Camrys just like anyone else does. <laughs> Toyota Camry, I should say. Sorry, Honda. Um, I remember the first time I was in D.C. working, and I was like in my early twenties, so that would have been like five or six years ago, um, and. I was sort of like a freelancer. So like, I didn't really get to do really cool things. Like it was very like, you know, digital desk and like social media. And I sort of like earned my way to a certain level of um, seniority within the desk. And so they finally were like, Oh, like you can help cover the all-star game in DC when it was that year in DC. Um, and I remember I had never like worked a locker room in my whole life. And they were just like, yeah, like just go into the, like the AL locker room and like get sound for us. And so they just like gave me like a camera and a mic and it was just like, yeah, like, and now go talk to like the MLB all-stars. <laughs> and I remember like, it may have like maybe 10 minutes went by and someone called and was like, we're sending in another TV reporter. Like you clearly don't know what you're doing. And I like, <laughs> he came in the locker room and like took the camera and microphone, uh, microphone away from me. And he just like went and did it. Cause it's true. Like I was just like sitting there being like, I don't know like who to talk to and what to say. And like all these MLB all-stars are right here. Like it was just like packed to the gills with like all the MLB reporters and stuff. Like it was just like so overwhelming. And I was just like this, you know, 23 year old being like, ah, like, like Bryce Harper, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? <laughs> uh, so, and that was like, 
having it taken away from me after like 10 minutes was like, all right, like time to be an adult. Like this is, it was fun while it lasted, but like uh, the, the embarrassment of that, like set the tone for the rest of uh, the day, I would say. I believe, you know, when you ended at uh, NBC Sports Chicago and moved to Odyssey, there was like a little bit of a, you know, a few months there. Did you have any, I guess, thoughts about leaving the business or leaving the industry or like, did you, were you still wanting to be in sports reporting? Um, you have moments of weakness. I, I think there's definitely that there's definitely there. I, you know, having listened to JJ talk about his and, 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 you know, Lawrence and Layla got laid off a couple months before I did at NBC and they were all sort of very honest and very frank and being like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I have other options. And like, I looked at them and I, mine was not as dramatic. I would say I, I, I had the luxury of being fairly unattached and still in my mind, like fairly young. Like, like I, I, I didn't have to, you know, to, to, to put it against JJ's perspective, which is sort of how I compartmentalize it. Um, like I didn't have to worry about kids. I like, I don't have any kids. Like I'm not married. So um, uh, there was, I think I had a little more runway where like to not necessarily freak out and be like, Oh my God, like I have to put food on the table um at least not like good food and like for a family um so yeah i while i didn't have a very serious like i wasn't quite at the point of um i wasn't quite at the point of like applying for different types of jobs i i hadn't gotten that far yet you know there are there are times when you go like oh my friend's making 90 grand and like gets his weekends off and is like in cabo this weekend with all my other friends like that's fun um, and so there are, there are moments when it's certainly tempting and that like, especially when you don't have a job to be like, I could just live a very content, happy life. Um, but no, I never really for better and for worse. I, I sort of just thought maybe naively that like another opportunity would just like come around. And, you know, I, I granted, like I applied to, you know, 12 jobs a day or whatever for six straight months. Like I have a, a job, I have a Google docs of like 400 jobs that I got nose to, um, and so it, it, I was ready to like move anywhere, I guess, um, which sort of helps. Like I didn't have to necessarily like I didn't need to stay in Chicago or somewhere. Like I had sort of the mindset that I could go somewhere else. Um, but no, I, it never really quite crossed my mind in like a very serious like I'm going to spend a lot of time and like decide to pivot into that way. I sort of at this point, you know, you know talk to me in like two or three more layoffs and, and maybe it'll be different. Um, but I, I'm sort of still at the point now where. I, I didn't quite get there. Cam, you didn't grow up a Bears fan, right? Because I feel like that would make it so much easier to cover the Bears because you're not as emotionally invested in that. Is, is that right? Yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm from D.C., uh, born and raised in Washington, D.C. Uh, so I moved to Chicago in 2018. So I have no I have no real affiliations with the Bears. Uh, so it, while like I, I tell people like I don't root for them, but like it's much more fun when they win. Like my job, especially when I was like in the locker room, was a lot more fun when they won. Like people talk and like they aren't mean to you when they win. So uh, <laughs> like I, I was sort of like generally always rooting for them to win the games. Uh, but no, like yeah, like I didn't, I wasn't starstruck by seeing like you know Dion Miller or Jim Rowe, like those like those people that like some people grow up watching and being like, Oh my God, like I see them next to you. Like I, I was sort of fortunate that I could just like walk in and be like, Oh, these are just like other people. Like I can just sort of get to my job now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Who's your, what's your favorite show or host to talk bears with when you do your hits? Cause I know you do a lot of them on all the different shows. Do you have somebody that maybe stands out to you? Um, I've always 
have liked talking with Lawrence. And I, I like that for a lot of reasons. Like he's one, just like a good interviewer, in my opinion. Like he, he like pumps my tires in a way that like, you're like, yeah, like, and that's sort of the job to be like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And this guy, like he's legit, but like Lawrence just like is very complimentary and he's very good at being complimentary. Like he is just very, he makes you feel really good about yourself the way that he talks about you. Um, I also like went back with him, you know, he was the host of Under Center for like, I don't know, three or four months, I want to say, um, until he got laid off. So like we had that connection. Um, and then I did Super Bowl Radio Row with him in Miami. So like I know him fairly well by that point. So I, um, excuse me, I, I think like he's always fun because he knows when it's important to talk about bears and when like it's not as important, you know, like there are times when he'll, we'll be talking for you know, 15, 17 minutes or whatever it is. And he'll ask me one bears question. And then we'll talk about, you know, cereal or the news or something. And like, it feels very natural in a way that other times, like if you do radio hits, especially from out of town or something, it'll just be like, what do you think about Justin Fields? Like Darnell Mooney <laughs> drops the ball a lot. Like, is that bad? Like, it's like very like staged <laughs> questions like that. Um, where Lawrence is much more like there's much, much more. It's like much more of a conversational way of going about it and and like when we need when we need to talk bears he's very sharp and he like was a beat reporter at a time so he sort of knows those kind of ins and outs of like how to ask questions and like what what beat reporters really deal with and what they don't and like that sort of stuff so i've always just enjoyed talking with him um you know i, I don't say no so like i'll take any sort of you know radio exposure i can get um, but he's the one by far that like, I don't really know anyone else on a personal level. Whereas like, I know I would say Lawrence on like a personal level at this point. Cam, we do want to talk a little bit of bears here. And sure. so I think, you know, some of the, 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 the biggest latest news is both that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are both employed. Um, yeah. I think it's, and a lot of bears fans are kind of surprised that it, not necessarily that it happened, but more so that it happened as quickly as it did. What do you kind of think about that with Ryan Pace and, uh, landing in Atlanta and Matt Nagy back in Kansas city? Um, I, I, Kansas city doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Like I, it is that I think everyone sort of saw that coming, right? Like that. Um, I, I think it's funny that they gave him like a senior, um, like a senior title when he's very clearly just the quarterback coach, but like, you can't just go straight to quarterback coach. Like that's a bad look. So they throw senior on the front of it. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised just because the NFL is such a like boys league that Ryan Pace found a job. I was like initially surprised about Atlanta, but I guess like it makes sense when you think about all the connections that are there. Um, I would have like, if I was Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy, maybe more so Ryan Pace, just like taking a year off and just chilled. Like I, and maybe, you know, that's just like, some people are just wired to work that way. And I guess in that sense, I'm a little surprised that they both immediately found jobs. Um, I think maybe Matt Nagy's makes a little more sense to me just because coaches sort of fall into coaching roles pretty quickly. But I would have thought that maybe Ryan Pace would have laid low for a while and maybe his job doesn't actually do that much in Atlanta. Like maybe it is very like a senior sort of frontward facing position, but that surprised me more, I think, than Matt Nagy, which I think you guys will agree. Like it was, it was always pretty obvious. I was going to go to Kansas city some way, somehow. Right. Well, I, I, I do agree with that, but I also wonder like, you know, I, I know it's Patrick Mahomes, but would you want him to be your quarterback coach? Like that guy? No, I mean, no, I, I, I think maybe you'd look at that and you go, 
you know, you can mitigate the damage by like you quarterbacks coach only goes so far, like, right. He's not calling the plays anytime soon. Um, he is teaching Pat Mahomes, you know, how to step in the right direction if he forgets or whatever, like, the, the, and there are things that Matt Nagy, like, you know, he's an NFL coach for a reason. We joke about, you know, the, the qualities and the, the abilities, but you know, lots of football coaches don't make the NFL. Like he is, he's very talented at lots of things that, maybe weren't necessarily important as a head coach and helped him as a head coach, but that doesn't mean he doesn't know, you know, proper shoulder technique or proper mechanics or whatever it may be. Um, so in that sense, you hope that like, just stay in your lane, Matt Nagy, like just like get Matt, Pat Mahomes to, you know, square his shoulders when he's throwing across his body, like on third and 24 or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I trust Matt Nagy to like call an offense or make like, uh, you know, decisions with, you know, like weight on the line at this point. I think you sort of have to let that one lie for a little bit. I think that Matt Nagy's major role being Patrick Mahomes quarterbacks coach is to help him understand the whys. Mainly (laughs) why is your brother still on the sideline at the chiefs game? And why are you still doing this? I mean, and that's probably it. That's got to be it. It's got and it. The best part was how quickly he was like, no, I definitely didn't have that meeting. It's like the only time you would go that quickly is if you were like hyper aware that like, yes, like someone caught me. I had that meeting. Like I told my fiance and my brother, they can't go to football games anymore. And now I have to backtrack. Like <laughs> there's no other way you would just immediately post on social media. Like love you. Like the haters, like, no, like that, <laughs> we all know exactly what happened there. Um, it was, man, like what a, he has it so good, except for the one thing that like holds it back. And like, that's all anyone talks about now. Like that, that, like just so it goes to show you what $500 million cannot actually buy you. Cam, I'm curious. Yeah. A really bad movie that you still really like, you know, it's bad, but you just, you can't stop watching. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, have you, I haven't seen it in a while, but do you remember Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell? Yes. Like, it's this like bizarre movie that like doesn't really make any sense. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a remake of like an old bizarre Land of the Lost that doesn't make any the, sense. The TV show, it made zero sense whatsoever. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And it's like Danny McBride is in it and it's like the most chaotic movie ever and no one finds it funny. Like I, when I watch it, I just like have to stifle laughter because everyone else is like, why? Why are we laughing at this? Why are you wasting our time? But yeah, I for whatever reason, I, I always say that. People are like, oh no, like that's not a, like, that's really not funny, man. Like we, we, we were like, we get funny, but like, that's not funny at all. And I was like, Oh, like, I'm sorry. But like, yeah, for whatever reason, I just like, it just tickles me in a way that I don't quite understand yet. <laughs> Cam, now that a little bit of time is passed and the dust yeah. is settled. What do you think about the polls and Eberflus hires? Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason to be pessimistic yet. And I know like it's easier said than done as a bears fan. Like I, I get it. Um, I I don't know if they'll be good at scouting football players. Like I don't know if the scheme makes sense. Like the smart people let me have those questions. I I think it's smart that they seem to not they seem to know what they don't know, right? Like they're hiring guys in positions that the Bears would have never hired because Ryan Pace would just be like, Yeah, like I know how to do that, and like very clearly did not. So, you know, hiring an assistant GM is a big deal, I think. I think it's important. I think at that level, it's important to delegate. I think it's important to have different voices in the room. I think there are lots of 
organizational aspects to running smoothly that don't even have to do with being able to scout good football players, but just setting up a good front office structure. I, I think even the Bears were lacking that. You know, it was it was three guys in a room and only one of them had any real say for as many years as Pace and Nagy and um, the McCaskies were all working together. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to be like changing the defense will work or like Ryan Poles is going to know because he, you know, built a good offensive line in Kansas City. Like maybe I, you like to think so. He seems like a smart guy. You know, people that are in the know say he's a smart guy. I don't know about that. I, I just see an organization that knows how to build a modern front office structure and that encourages me because, you know, like you guys, like I was, you guys know, like it was, it was chaotically one-sided for years and years and years. And then like Ryan Pace would just like had his pick of the litter for years and years and years. So having, having more smart people in the room, I don't think ever really hurts. If we shift gears a bit and begrudgingly go up past the cheese curtain, what, what do you, what do you think about all this Rogers noise? What do you think about all this drama? I'm just like tired, right? Like I, yeah. it's just, I don't, I don't even like necessarily hate him as much as other people here hate him. I don't even know if I like would say I hate him at all. Um, it's just like so tiring and it's so transparent in how poorly it's being managed. Like the, the, we all, I think we all know that person that like fishes for compliments or like says it's not necessarily it's fine, but like always downplays how chaotic they're acting or how just like is totally unaware of how they're acting versus like how they think they're acting. And like, that's just Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is just the guy we knew in college who like thought he was smart and never thought he like made scenes at parties and always just made scenes at parties and was just like, just the worst person to hang around with. And you don't really like, hate him but you just sort of feel bad for how socially unaware he is and it's just like i'm just just make a decision and let's go like it's it's so much talking like i'm just you earn your right to do this i guess when you're in rogers but i'm just tired of it man i'm just so tired i thought that they had intercepted like a a letter that he had wrote to like a, a friend or something when he was like a a, a freshman in high school when that instagram yeah. post came out it's yeah. just like it was so surreal He's, I like that he shot his shot at a fiance that he apparently broke off because he likes football. Like I would not have the stones. I don't think to like break <laughs> up with someone. And then immediately like two days later, be like, love you. Like have a good life. Like that was it, kudos to him. He does everything a hundred percent of the way. Like he, he sends it fully every single time. And I appreciate I, that should be, I should be respected about him. If nothing else, I think. It does sound like they're hanging out though. I will say. Oh, really? Yeah. They're back. I don't know. I mean, they were because, you know, clearly I'm I'm now the uh, entertainment reporter here on the uh, BDR network. And, it's a good uh, beat. It's a it, good beat. It's, it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. No, I just follow E! News every once in a while on TMZ. But no, it said they were uh, meeting up for like dinner or something. So, no. Uh, so, so if Bears Wire doesn't work out, Brendan, is that, is that where you're going to end up then? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, like, you the page views on entertainment and football are insane. Like I would do terrible numbers and then I would do Jay Cutler and I would be like the highest performing writer of all the entire month at NBC, just because Jay Cutler like couldn't find well, who killed his chicken. Like it, there are sports numbers <laughs> yes. and then there's like entertainment numbers and they're not close. 
Cam, I think that's why I, I haven't said this yet. Um, I love your work and I love following you because I feel like you and I are very similar where we look for some of those obscure stories because I did the same thing at Bears Wire. I wrote yeah. about Jay Cutler on the chicken hunt. I equated it to his football career and said, maybe he does care a little more than anybody thinks. Yeah. It was like, and it did great. They're the best performing posts. People just love, there's a whole nother audience. There's football and there's also the E audience that will go on NBCSports.com or Bears Wire or literally anything that's like Jay Cutler. Like he is a bona fide TV star now, not even because of football, which is, and then like, it turns out he's like, a crappy guy and you're like oh like it takes a little bit of the fun out of it when you're just like a terrible dude but yeah it does numbers it does crazy crazy numbers so can that that makes me think of a question is there uh like a chicago sports person that you wish you would have covered that would have been around playing at the time while you were covering the bears the bears um marty like, bennett would have been crazy oh, um yeah. like just because I've heard some just like crazy ass stories about him, like uh, just from insane amounts of just, he's one, a very like thoughtful dude. And also just like, he, did, he like beat the crap out of Kyle Fuller, right? Yep. Yep. Like it was, like, it was, it was when, insane. When Kyle Fuller was like a rookie, right? Is that, that's yep. how the story goes? Slammed him um, to the ground. Yep. And then just like, didn't ever apologize. And was like, no, like he had it coming. Like that, that is, that is to me a level of crazy. Like I couldn't imagine covering a, a, a locker room like that. Like that would, especially when you're there, like because training camp is so relaxed. You're just like in it. And like back in those days, I think you could like go eat lunch with them. And I remember mm-hmm. hearing stories about how, you know, reporters would just sit down next to Jay Cutler and like, that's where they would get all their stories from. Cause they were just at the lunch table. Like I cannot imagine just being in, you know, it feels so foreign because of the last couple of years, like being being in the room for that kind of drama would be crazy. And I'm all about drama. Like anytime, any like any drama where the press conference where there's drama, I'm all about it. All right. I, I do want to bring it back to the football side of things. See, sure. I know this is why this is why I like talking with Cam, because we could just go on all these different tangents. It's it's fantastic. It but yeah. bringing bringing it back to the football side of things. I want to take a look at the previous rookie class talking Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones when it's all said and done. And this can be in your, you know, however you determine, you know, measure success, which one of those quarterbacks is going to be the most successful when it's all said and done. Successful in terms of, do you think like just straight win loss record? Like, um, because I, 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 if I go win loss record, I just look at the Patriots and I go Mac Jones just because he's going to be on a team that's probably winning a fair amount. Um, if, if, if you think successful in terms of being the becoming the best quarterback of that group of becoming the most transcendent of that group, um, I still think Trevor Lawrence is like the guy. Like I, I, I think that he is you know when they talk about him being the best prospect since andrew luck like I, the, the the jaguars team last year was a level of dysfunction that like is not even remotely normal for bad football teams like that just by process of having a normal team they will get better um i think if if, if we're going to do the justin fields i think so i think trevor lawrence is probably the most skilled in terms of sheer quarterback i think justin fields has the ability to transcend both in terms of what winning in Chicago would do. Like, I don't think, you know, Mac Jones is screwed. He can win 11 games a year and it won't matter. Like he is, he is perpetually going to underwhelm everyone up there. Like Trevor Lawrence, fine, but it's the Jaguars. Like 
they're not they don't really care I, they don't i don't want to say they don't really care because you saw what happens when you mess with jaguars fans um but <laughs> so, yeah um you the, it's 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 not chicago right like chicago is a different ball game and I, I think that it is i think it is i think we all understate just what like winning a super bowl and being a good quarterback in chicago would do to someone like in in terms of the level of deity they would become in Chicago, right? Like there are guys on the 85 defense that were just like backups that still just get thrown parades in Chicago when they show up because they were there, right? Like, like it is, it is, it is that level of worshiping. If there was, and like Jay Cutler, and I get that some of his personality, but like he was, he was a good quarterback, but he was not that great. And Chicago adores him. So like, if you, if, if, if there was, maybe his ceiling isn't as high as Lawrence's athletically, but in terms of like fame and in terms of brand and in terms of, of grandeur and, and, and what he can ascend to, I don't think anyone's in a better situation than fields because like there's it's, I, it's hard for me to think of a more glamorous position than being the, the quarterback that brings the bears back into the super bowl like that. It is like, that is, that is pretty close to, Yankee shortstop that's pretty close to you know Cowboys quarterback like it is it's maybe not quite there but it is as close as anything gets I think all right Cam you're heading to a poker game you got to grab a six-pack okay what are you going to bring to impress to a poker game yeah um I am bringing I'm plugging this because I had one like an hour ago (laughs) I am bringing half acre space it is my favorite beer um I was going to say Hopewell Ride or Die because I like those as well. Um, but Half Acre, Space, this is the best beer they do. I'm a, I, I, I am loyal to Half Acre till the day I die. Um, so, yeah, that's the one I'm choosing. Daisy Cutter is fantastic. What, what is Space? What, like, describe that it's beer. Just like their, it was, so, actually, it, it's just like their standard IPA. Um, okay. It was – so, when they were in an old tap room when they started, it was like the house IPA. And I guess it got so popular that people were like, you should put it in cans. And they apparently resisted for a very long time. And then I guess they got new ownership and the ownership was immediately like, put it in cans. Like we're going to make some money <laughs> off of this. Um, so it's very good. It's very, it's not like exciting or unique, I would say. Uh, so in that case, like it's very drinkable. It's very, um, it's very run of the mill, I would say, but it's got a good story. And I'm a, uh, I'm always, I'm always preaching the half acre, the word of half acre to people when I can. So um, half acre space is what it is. So, so, okay. So moving from the DC area, coming to Chicago to cover, what is yeah. something that you maybe didn't look forward to, but since you've gotten here, you've really kind of soaked it up. Maybe it's the food, maybe it's the location, something about Chicago land that you've really kind of connected to. Um, so on a very sort I guess I'll answer this in two ways in, in a very sort of on the ground level, I just love the lakefront. Like I, 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 I trained for a marathon here. Like I, I was never really a runner. And then I like started running on the lakefront and I was like, Oh, like running doesn't, doesn't have to suck. Like this is great. <laughs> um, so I like, you know, I just, I, I, in that sense, I will always be very fond of like, you know, just running it. Like it's not summer here basically to, 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 to try and hide it. Like summer's here a rule. Like it's just the best um, on a, on a more esoteric level. Chicago just like loves sports in a way that no other city loves sports. And it really, um, it, it is, it is rewarding in, in, in that sense, because 
you know, DC is, it, they love their sports, but at the end of the day, it's not a sports town. Um, you know, the, even places like Boston and New York, they're very passionate about the sports when they're fans, but as a city as a whole, they're not, you know, overwhelmingly passionate about one team or another. Whereas Chicago, you just like, you walk down the street and nine out of 10 people are going to be watching the bears game on Sunday or going to watch the bears. And there's just the passion of it is something that I've never seen anywhere else. And it like, it it makes you very enthusiastic to do your job in that sense. But the flip side of that though, is there's some crazy people and and that's got, it's got, it's got to make your job more difficult. I mean, I can't imagine like the things that Matt Nagy went through, like I I couldn't stand that guy. I was so excited to see him leave, but I still am not going to shout things while his kids playing a a football game, you know, in high school, you know, any kind of crazy interactions that you've seen or some really negative things that you've seen from bears fans? Oh yeah. I mean, like I, I see, I get plenty of negative. I I don't get, I get it 1% as bad as, you know, any, you know, anyone, anyone, any woman or any minority, like it's a way worse. I just get like people being like, you, you, you're an idiot. Like f- you. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to curse. If we have to bleep that out, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> good, I'm making good. someone's job way worse. I, I realize that. Um, but like, so like, I, I don't get, I don't get bad hates in that sense. Um, yeah. Like there's some crazy people, um, you know, the, I would get emails when I was an under center a lot from people just being like, you are, you sound ugly. And like, there's sometimes, sometimes they're like weirdly like creative in that sense. Um, people being like, Oh, like you talk too slow. Like if, like, if you were like, if you were smarter, you talk quicker, like very, the emails are always very weird, but they're always like, so out of the box that like, you can't really like, they weren't, if, it, it would, it would be almost more hurtful if they were like personal or if ones I, th- I thought of before, but they were like, so out of the box that I was like, Oh, like what a unique creative way to like <laughs> attack someone. I'm like, I always appreciate that. Um, I once, uh, I was in an Uber once and someone recognized my Uber driver recognized my voice and was like, Hey, are you on under center? And I was like, yeah. He's like, Oh, that podcast sucks. And like, <laughs> We were not really close wow. to my apartment. So like there was like probably a good 10, 15 minutes of just like sitting in silence afterwards. <laughs> my girlfriend and I just being like, uh, like I'm not going to keep talking anymore when you like very clearly like picked up on my voice from talking just to insult me. Um, but no, nothing too crazy. Like again, everyone's had, everyone has it way worse than I do. Like I, all the, all, all, all the horror stories of journalism are all hundred percent true, but like I have been, far i've been way more than i deserve fortunate to not have to deal with like cyber hate that like drives me off the internet or something that is that is a whole different ball game that i luckily don't have to deal with i i think you also play into it well cam because i love again i i'm not trying to gas you up here but i love your twitter presence where you just are very yeah. self-aware and you're very aware of just what bears twitter is then the mm-hmm. good and the bad so yeah i mean i, I think that's to me, that's very endearing. I also think with that Uber story that you shared, that's probably kind of like a fun moment where you can say to your oh. girlfriend after, it's like, hey, I made it. That guy awesome. knows my yeah. voice. Yeah, no. Like, she was like, oh my God, like, are you okay? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, he heard me. Like, uh, <laughs> it is, it is unbelievable. Uh, it is, I, I told 
I, I always, my, the joke I told my girlfriend is like, I didn't know what it was like to be a straight girl in a bar on Friday night until I moved to the Midwest <laughs> because like everyone just flocks to you and just wants to talk to you constantly. And everywhere you go, you're just surrounded by dudes being like, what, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So like, I was like, wow, I have like a whole new, like I have a, a whole new sense of empathy for you now. Like, this is awful. Uh, but no, it is, it, it was, yeah, it's all like, it's all fine. Like, and there's a little bit of it being like, oh, sometimes it's mean, but other times the exactly right button. And you're like, oh, like they're making fun of me. Like they know who I am like that. There's, there's a, there is a cool aspect to that. And I'm sure that's only because like, it hasn't gotten really mean yet. Like I bet it gets old really fast. Uh, and I'm sure it does just because you hear about it, but I have luckily, I, I, I am fortunate in that it, it has not really bothered me yet. I should say. I'll be careful how we ask you back, Cam, as to not sound too like fangirl, fanboy, you know, just a little bit. It, it, do... is, it, is, it is way, I've had like one person be like, you rock, and everyone else is just like, you sound weird. Like, please change your voice to be less weird. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, I'll take what I can get, I guess. I, okay, I do want to talk a little bit more. Free agency and the draft yeah. coming up. What do you kind of, if, if you're sitting in Poles' chair, what are you prioritizing? What What are you kind of saying? Like this is this is where we should focus. And you know, is it this season? Is it next season? I mean, how are you kind of processing all of that? Um, I I would look at it like a two season thing. I would, uh, and not to say that like they need to win the Super Bowl in two years, right? Like it, it is. I think you have to. It's more so. I think you have to sort of build next year's draft this year. And I, you know, if there are good players available, people you really like, by, by all means, go take them. You know, you need a wide receiver still. You need some offensive line like that. You shouldn't just trade all your picks and be like, this draft doesn't have it for us. So I don't think it's going to be exciting. Like, I, I expect a lot of trade down, which is the savviest, but also like the most boring thing in the world. Like, I hate trade downs because they're just so boring. And like, I'll never hate the Trubisky draft just because it was exciting. And like, I just would rather be excited. I don't know it's bad, but like, there's something to be said about excitement. Um, and so in the, in the opposite way, the, the trading down is not fun and it doesn't make for an interesting night. But I do think you need to get back on track in terms of drafting draft capital. And if you're not going to be the Rams, which I don't think the bears seem like they're going to be, um, which I, which I think is maybe a mistake, like the bears could pull it off. But if you're not going to be the Rams then you have to go the other way. And I, I think that you see teams with the, this run by guys with the same sort of mindset of polls do this, where it's all about getting draft capital, regardless of where it is. And then just maybe it doesn't mean spending it. Maybe that means trading it for a guy, but just having it at your disposal is going to be, I think, number one priority, whether that's drafting it or trading it for a guy or whatever it ends up being. Wait, so I have a quick follow-up on that actually, because yes. you said something that really piqued my interest. Do you think the bears could do what the Rams have with their blueprint, essentially just say, we're all in trade everything to get like the, you know, top tier guys and they would be successful. I think, yeah, maybe not necessarily in the exact same way. I think the bears could act like the Rams. I think the bears could be the destination that the Rams could be in terms of, because yes, you know, there it, it takes an aggressive mindset in terms of a GM that wants to do that. But I mean, a lot of the Rams' interest, a lot of the Rams' allure is the Rams. It's 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 L.A., which is a Chicago issue, which you certainly have to deal with. Um, but it's you know it's it's the history. It's it's to an extent the uniform. Like 
it's a lot of outside of just football stuff that there's appeal for the big market Rams playing for the Rams in a way they're, they're glamorous, they're a glamorous franchise. I think the bears could be a glamorous franchise. They, you know, they, they have the history. They, they, they have the, 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 the sort of clean brand, you know, that they, they, they have the money for it. It's, it's the biggest market in the NFL. Like there's a reason there are seven bears games on national TV a year. Like they, the bears Vikings Monday night game every year does huge numbers for no reason. Like it's insane. So it would take the McCaskies spending it, not necessarily at a different level, but in a different way than they do because they do spend money. The bears aren't, you know, they're not blowing people out of the water, but they're not cheap either. Um, it would it would take a more aggressive approach, and I don't think I think that the the Ryan Poles camp, the analytics, the the the, the trade down drafts style of approach to team building is good, but it's definitely not going to trade their picks for Von Miller. You know, like there's and I see other backfires, but I think the Bears are in a advantageous position where if they wanted to be, lean into, hey, we're Chicago, we're a huge market, we're the Bears, like let's go win a Super Bowl in our brand new shiny stadium. Like that is the ground print. The, the, it's there. You know, the blueprint is there. Um, I think it'd be worth it. I, 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 I think it's more fun. I think it's more fulfilling to the fans. I get the trade down. I, you know, I get tanking for lack of a better term. I, it, it is the savvy way to operate within how the rules exist now. But I think there's an argument to be made that the bears could act like, you know, the second biggest market in the NFL and start throwing money. And like, it would work in a way that it, it, it couldn't work if it was the, you know, the Cardinals or whatever, like a, a team that you're like, we're not going to pull it off. I think the bears could. Cam, since you brought it up, would you like to see the bears go to Arlington Heights or would you like to see them stay in <laughs> Chicago? I know. Yeah. That, that's the, the question. That everyone... off and let me and Brandon just yell at each other about this for a couple of <laughs> minutes. Um, no, I don't look, I, it's going to happen. Um, I, I don't really have a dog in this fight. Um, I, when I say that I don't want them to move, it is because I've been, I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of NFL stadiums and you don't really get any cooler than where soldier field is that setup. I get that the stadium sucks. I, I know it as well as anyone, like it sucks. Um, it, it, it needs, it probably needs to start from the ground up again, which is not going to happen there. I, I understand the policies. I understand the politics I, I just think it's a disservice to move the stadium to an area where people that were already driving to the stadium would like, would go, you know, like it, 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 it takes a group of people that are mostly already driving in their cars and let, gives them a shorter drive while making public transit much more difficult for most of the city. And I get that Chicago is very widespread, um, but between just sort of like, it's cool to be on a lake, it, like that, that, that the scenery of it is cool and it's unique. And it is, it is something that once you lose, it's gone and it, you sort of forget about it. And I understand that it's, that's not a good excuse. And it, you know, the bears need, the bears can't be in the smallest stadium in football. Like that's, that's preposterous. Like that's, it's silly. Um, so it's going to happen. It, it everyone will forget about everyone who's mad like me will forget about it in a year when like the stadium rules and is just amazing in every way. Uh, but it it's just 
it, it makes me sad that most NFL stadiums now are just like in the middle of industrial parks somewhere. There's just, I understand the realities of it, but there's, there's some personality to soldier field that will not transfer. And I think that's sad. I think that means something. Well, and, and Cam, you live in the city too, yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and for somebody who does that, like it's, it's obviously going to, you know, impact you eventually when it does happen for me. I mean, I've, I've said this so many times. I mean, I live in the Northwest suburbs. It's mm-hmm. going to be very much more convenient for me. So I'm very biased there, but you also have some experience too living in DC where you've had to travel to a completely other town Granted, that stadium, no offense, is a complete dumpster fire as well. So, I mean, you've had the worst of, you know, both worlds, really. But Mm -hmm. I mean, so you're saying it does really impact like the fan experience when you do have to like go out to like a completely separate area. Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I have my concerns about the Bears attendance if they're bad in Arlington Heights. I, I, I caution people because it you you start prioritizing things real fast when you know they're not going to be good and it's not a it's not an easy commute and you know maybe you could say it was never an easy commute for anyone in chicago to get to soldier like i I would get that um but it's a lot easier to get from soldier to wicker park you know than it is soldier to arlington heights or from wicker park to arlington heights after a bad loss like that it's not quite the same thing so you know, it will be cool. The Bears will pour a billion dollars into it and there will be stuff and there will be bars and there will be the game day experience that the Bears desperately need and they will get their roof on it and it will be comfortable and I think the experience will be better. You know, I do think there is a a, a, a tangible I don't know what the right word to call it. I, I think you're missing out on something. You will. I think people will look back and miss pre-gaming in the Waldron lot, right? Like, and like out on the lake. Like, I think, I think there is a, a, a spirit to soldier fields that people will miss out on when it's in Arlington. Now granted, like in two years, it doesn't matter, right? Like probably not, it, but it will be, I, I do think that there's something to be said about the area stadium. Like that's why people love Wrigley Field. I've always said like so much of that charm is because of, how it's just stuck in a city like that. Like there's lots of other reasons, but that's a big part of it. So, you know, it's, it it is not, it's very clearly not stopping the bears. Um, I think the bears in Chicago could have had some good faith conversations about other lakefront properties. I don't think the bears ever had any intention to like, you know, Chicago politics are not going well right now. and, And I think they probably dropped the bag a little bit as well, but I don't think the bears were ever interested in like finding a new place on the lake. Like I think the bears, it seems like I think the Bears had their mindset pretty made on Arlington Heights when that is the decision they make. So, yeah, you know, I think everyone will forget about it. But it, I, I do think there's something sad about, you know, the, the scenery of driving down LSD to Soldier Field with the, you know, the grandeur of the skyline. Like, I'm a such a, I'm such a sucker for that sort of vibe. So I, I will miss that at least. But it'll be good for you. And, like, it'll be great. It'll be a great stadium. Like, it'll be... It, it will be it, Soldier Field is such a t- terrible game day experience right now. Um, so like in, in that sense, and the fans deserve like a good, a good game day experience. If they're going to spend like what, $200, $300 for a game day, like it, you, you, you deserve more than Soldier Field. That's for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I, I totally get that. And 
I, I will feel sentimental about Soldier Field. I've been to a number of games. I know Jack sure. and Ryan has. And Jack, you've been to a few games this year, I think. Yeah, and I think you make such a great point, Cam. It's it's super sad, I think, that there is such uh, a long history of <laughs> terrible relations between the city you know, and the Chicago Bears because I, if there was a way to build a new one in that spot or somewhere else on the lakefront, I'm totally on board with you because I do think – you know, the new stadium fits what you were also talking about in terms of that vision of L.A. Rams Midwest. You know, if the Bears mm-hmm. were to take on that persona, they they also need the stadium. But to your point, Brendan, walking up to the stadium for the first time with my, my junior and high school son and his buddy and explaining Soldier Field to him in the lakefront and all the, the vibe that you captured so well, you're right. That is a bit of a bummer that I maybe hadn't thought about as much until I went and until you said it, because I I, I, I do think the shiny new toy stadium will be pretty freaking sweet yeah. and versatile. Are, you, are all three of you pro Arlington Heights? Yes. Uh, yeah, but I think, but I think Cam, I think you highlighted kind of how we feel about it. It's, it's not as clear cut because, you know, if we could take this, this plan that they have in Arlington Heights and put it on the lakefront, I, I think most of us would agree, like that's, that's where we would like it to be. Um, you know, and, and Jack and I are huge history guys. We actually had a chance to go and tour the facility to see Soldier Field. And, you know, we, of course, you know, it's being a Bears fan, growing up a Bears fan, you, you get a little emotional as you kind of go through it. And like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, not the same field, obviously, but you know, that the, all the greats played and you're right. It's, it's a phenomenal location. I love to to take people there, but on game day, man, there's the yeah. parking situation. <laughs> yeah. It's it's abysmal, and yeah. the stadium. I mean, it, yeah, sure, it's you know you feel close to it, but also it's you know it's it's so tiny, and I don't I don't know. It's I think it's time. Uh, oh, I agree. I, I think it's almost it is almost a sense of I get the sense that it's almost like perfect being the enemy of good, where like it is it is location wise. Like don't get me wrong, like nothing else is perfect about that stadium, but location wise. It is such a perfect location just for Chicago, right? Like right near, you know, Millennium Park, like right near Navy Pier, like the skyline, like it is the 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 B-roll like writes itself basically. Like it is it is just so picturesque that you don't want to leave, but at the same time, not wanting to leave has made it a bad stadium. And so like it is. Yes, it is absolutely time. Um, and and nostalgia is powerful, but like it'll it'll wash off the second the Bears, you know, clinch the NFC North at 12 wins and their shiny new stadium and it's popping off and it's you know it's 92 loud and it's you know snowing and it'll like it'll be so easy to forget Soldier Field. I'm very confident, but I am it is a like very prolonged mourning pos- process for me, which is weird because like I've only been there for what four years, so like I don't some people have been covering games there for like 60 years and they're like, yeah, like whatever, like let's move. I'm like, Oh my God. Like if I covered it for 60 years, I would be like living under it right now. Like I, I, I could never let it go. So I, um, I, I'm not much of a sucker for the bears history, um, but soldier field for whatever reason, I'm just like, man, like this is, they don't do it like this anymore. And it'll be sad when it's gone. If, if, if good, but sad, I think. All right, Cam, I want to take it back to the nonsense a little bit. Perfect. And I want to ask you, What's the most mundane thing that you do that's like elite that you do better than everybody else? Oh, okay. Like just random um, things. What is the most mundane thing that I do that is elite? Um, I have a, an, I have an exceptional internal alarm. 
Like mm. I wake up and I'm just awake and it is always, it is always at the time I need to be. So like if I set, if I need to be up at five 30, my body is just awake at five 25. Like if I, if I need to be awake at seven 45, my body is just awake at seven 30. Like it is, I've, I always set alarms and I always turn them off because I don't ever need them. It's, it is like, it is truly an incredible gift, especially like when you're traveling a lot, like it is. Oh my God. It, it is, it is, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing that I have no control over. So it, 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 it pays off. Are you thinking about having kids at any point in your life? At some point I, pro- I probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should, we should talk after that and see, <laughs> we'll see how so that, that like, changes. Just enjoy this now because this is, <laughs> you're going to lose this in a couple of years. Don't you worry. <laughs> Yes, basically. Oh man, okay. the first six months of my my daughter's existence, like just no sleep, just none. Like you know, every two hours, every three hours, she's up, and it was it was miserable. <laughs> yeah, no, I cannot. I um, I remember I was on the beat with when JJ had his two kids, and I just remember him like trying to bless his heart, like participate in like work meetings and stuff, and he was just like not. You could just see it in his eyes. He was just like not there, and we're like JJ, man, like. It's okay, man. I'll blog this Mitch Trubisky Instagram post. Like, go to bed. It's going to be fine. I promise. Uh, so, I Kim, can, you uh, don't have any of that stress? Like, oh, crap, I've got this deadline, and I need to be up at this time. You just know you will wake, yeah. wake at the appropriate time. That's, that's almost like superhero status. Because yeah. think about the amount of people right. that stress over that. I mean, I would think the preponderance of all people stress over those alarms and those deadlines. It's actually a double-edged sword because I'm starting to get a little cocky. We're like, oh, I don't need to set an alarm. Like, and I know that at some point, the first time I'm going to think I'm like tough stuff and I'm just going to not set an alarm and be like, oh, like my brother's wedding tomorrow. Like I'll be on the plane. It'll be fine. And then we'll just, I'll just be at home and my family will hate me. Um, But yeah, no, it's very convenient for basically every aspect of life right now. I can't complain. Cam, I know I speak for all of us when I just say thank you. Like this, this was probably one of the most enjoyable conversations we've had in a really, really long time. Um, Cam, is there anybody that might be listening that you'd like to give a shout out to uh, on this podcast? Well, shout out to you all, you three. First of all, I really appreciate this. I love uh, chatting with you guys. Um, shout out to anyone who has ever liked any of my tweets or read any of my articles. I, I appreciate all your work. Um, I, you know, there's... Bears fans are a are a, a a passionate bunch, and they for the most part are very nice to me. So a lot of times it's, I don't feel like I deserve as much kindness as I get from them. So uh, shout out to them because I don't think my, my parents are on vacation, so I don't think they're listening to this. Um, so I'll save them shout outs for another time. So any anyone who ever thought I said something funny, I appreciate that. All right, folks, Cam Ellis, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you. Yeah, of thanks, course, Cam. Thanks. It was great to have you on. Great to meet you, bud. Yeah, of course. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Cam was awesome. Uh, you know, I, I try not to be a fanboy when he was on, but the Undercenter podcast is, you know, him and JJ were so good together. I absolutely loved listening to those guys. And I I, I hate to say it, you know, as, as a guy who thought like I was getting more clear cut with the Arlington Heights, but he reminded me of, oh yeah, it's, it's not as easy a decision as we were kind of like thinking, at least I was thinking in my head. I was really impressed. I mean, 
I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I go places and I'll purposely not find out a lot about the place because then I get my own impression about it and I get my own feel for it. And admittedly, I, I had not been that familiar with Cam's work and I'm really impressed. He he just has this chill about him that's also mixed with being very informed and both that take on you know the Bears as a Rams organization, even if I don't necessarily think that that could go to fruition i loved hearing about that and he i mean like you said Ryan, he almost convinced me about about a stay you know at at soldier field i was like i almost felt a little bad like yeah i kind of forgot about all that stuff that i really do love and enjoy about that place really cool guy i was kind of surprised too like i'm starting to think i've got so many so my my uncle has the same soldier field seats he's had for like 15 years now and i've got just a million pictures every time i go and it's in the south end zone and you can see just the perfect view of the skyline and i'm just like you know what i am gonna miss that like i i am gonna miss like kind of the atmosphere once i get there so that was that was kind of a cool way to remind me but yeah like cam was so awesome i think he indirectly kind of inspired some of the stuff that I write about, because like I said, in our interview, I love the obscure stuff that he would write about when he was with NBC sports and now uh, Odyssey and 670, like just some of the topics that we've both done. It's kind of, it's just so fun. I love his sense of humor. And I'm really glad to hear that. He said that Lawrence Holmes was kind of his favorite person to go on the air with. Cause if you haven't listened to his interviews with them, he's hundred percent right. He, they're so good together and some a lot of it is, is nonsense which is just so entertaining to me we have to remember soldier field the field sucks not yes. just the stadium the field is hot garbage i have to be reminded of that it's the smallest stadium there's a lot of things not to like about it i'm just trying to remind myself yeah you know last thing i'll say about that is you know big fan of him and JJ and Lawrence and the fact that all three of them obviously are doing well for themselves and you know that, that NBC Sports Chicago didn't work out but that they've landed on their feet in other ways just made me really happy. All right boys, it, it is time to get out of here. This was this was a really fun episode. I'm really really thrilled with with uh, our our opportunity to talk with Cam Ellis. Um one more time folks, Kingsley Ellis. Uh you know, he 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 has followers but he needs more followers. For some reason if you're listening to this podcast and you're not following him, please make sure you get after that. So for shout outs, let's go Jack Brendan and I will finish it up. It's a good call. I just followed him, so you all should follow him too. He's really great. So I wouldn't shout out, and I've shouted out Shriners before. Uh, some of you know my my son Connor is a national ambas- national ambassador for uh, for Shriners. But the Shriners College Classic is taking place this weekend in uh, Houston at Minute, Minute Maid Stadium. Uh, some of the greatest teams down south are, are playing at Baylor, Tennessee. We're going. I'm taking him. And I'm super excited not only to see some baseball, because I think that'll be a really nice, fresh thing to to be able to go and actually watch some college kids play ball in the midst of this MLB madness, but then also just to be able to go with Connor, my son, spend the time, and then do it for such a great cause, which is, which is Shriners Hospitals for Children. So shout out to Shriners Hospital and the Shriners College Classic and to my son, Connor. That's awesome, Jack. And yeah, like you said, that's probably going to be the only baseball you see for a while. So it might definitely. be. <laughs> and it's going to be like 78, 79 guys. I don't know about you all, but I'm so done with this up here. Australian no, football. Australian football. <laughs> Australian football. I'm just going to be a hard sell, man. It. 
I just I, okay. If if I can, if you can watch one game, even half of a game with me, I may convince you. It's that awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I might I might take you up on that. Let's go. <laughs> but I just got a couple shout outs. Uh, first shout out goes to our guy Fat Mike. He's at Fat Mike Chicago. We had such a great time with him last week. It was just a fun roller coaster. He had just he he had his laughing. I mean, I think I could say this. We we had to cut some stuff. <laughs> I really wish we didn't because it was it was just so funny, but it just, Hilarious. you know, at times got a little too blue. But uh definitely follow Fat Mike Chicago. Check out his show. He's he's just such a fun ball of energy and he's just got hilarious takes. So uh it was really, really fun to have him on the show last week. And I got to give a shout out to, uh, speaking of 670 and Odyssey, I got to give a shout out to Danny Parkins, who, uh, of course, is the co-host of Parkins and Spiegel. Um, I actually got a few texts on uh, Friday afternoon that he shouted out one of my tweets and he read it, which was really cool. Uh, so I really like listening to their show. I know we talked about him, a big Waddle and Sylvie guy. I do like Parkins and Spiegel, too. So it's fun to listen to them. And so shout out to Danny Parkins for giving me a shout out. That was really cool. And uh, just definitely made my Friday. Okay. I just got to put this out here. I think in your Twitter bio, you should put in phonetics, how to say your last name because no one can say your last name. (laughs) I actually, that's a very good point. I might, (laughs) I might have to do that. (laughs) In by popular demand, Shagru. (laughs) Just for reference. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So folks, this is a Chicago bears podcast, uh, but I am a human being like all of you. And I, I know that most of you, if not all of you, have been impacted uh, in at least some way by what's going on in Ukraine right now. And uh, I'm not going to get political, uh, but I will just say that, uh, you know, I am thinking a lot about all of that stuff. I'm, I'm reading a lot about it. And you know, there were a lot of stories that got to me, but for some reason, this one more than others, uh, which was on uh, Snake Island, uh, the 13 border guards from the Ukraine army uh, that uh, had some back and forth with a Russian warship and eventually told that warship to go F itself. And the unbelievable courage uh, that is being displayed by the people of Ukraine right now um, it's got me folks. I'm not going to lie to you. And, uh, so I am just, uh, knowing that no one in, in Ukraine is going to be listening to our podcast, but if they were, uh, just know that, uh, bears fans are thinking a lot about you guys and, uh, a very, very, very special bear down to all of you for Jack, Wright, Brendan Chagrew, Patrick Sheldon, who wasn't here tonight, Cam Ellis, what an awesome interview. Uh, for all of us at the Bear Down Report, I want to say thank you so much for listening. Folks, as always, bear down. <laughs>